0: my people know crc by the people that we have built relationship with who have invested in our church that to them is crc yeah right it's relationship it's people i know that the organization and all that is so vital and important but to the lay people to the people on the ground it's the people it's the relationship
1: welcome to a one life podcast one life As you may or may not know, is a grassroots learning collective made up of equippers serving classes B.C., Northwest, and Southeast in the Christian Reformed Church. By providing events and resources centered around the five foundational callings of the church. Worship, faith formation, servant leadership, global mission, justice, and mercy. My guest today is Paul Lomavatu, pastor at Caribou Community Church for the last number of years. We had a wonderful, rich, and far-ranging discussion about the place that the Christian Reformed Church finds itself Um, all of the powerful ways that the Holy Spirit can be working behind the scenes when we don't even know about it. It was a wonderful, enriching, and powerful conversation, and I pray that it equips you and your churches for ministry wherever you are, whether you're right here with us in British Columbia, all over Canada, in the States, wherever you are, I pray that this conversation enriches you and enriches your ministry. So welcome to our listeners, again, to another episode of a One Life podcast. Um, my guest today, as you listeners would have already heard in the introduction, is Paul Lomavatu, pastor at, at Caribou Community Church in BC. Um, so let's start there. Uh, we were just talking about that before we started recording. Tell me a little bit about Caribou Community Church, uh, the region of Caribou that you're pastoring in. Uh, let's start there.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh... Eric, and thanks for the opportunity to come on and share with the, uh, the recording for One Life. Um, we've just touched a little bit about caribou, and some people spell caribou as C-A-R-I-B-O-U, like the animal, right? But it's actually B-O-O-O, and that speaks of the region. And the region starts from um, Clinton, and it goes up north, at south, and it goes up north past uh, Quinal. Right. Then it goes out east close to uh, west, uh, close to Balakula and out east towards another community of horsefly. So it's a huge, huge region. Right. And when kids go to school, Eric, just for example, sometimes it takes them two hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That, that just that just gives you the it is. It is crazy. And in the winter, I mean, you can just imagine. Right. And And so that's the region. So Williams Lake, Williams Lake is kind of the hub. Right, so if you kind of use the imagery of the wheel, Williams Lake is the hub. Ah, uh, yes. Right, so okay. that's where people come in, like kids would come in and stay in town from the outlying areas, and they would come for schooling, or people come for medical reasons, or even work, or even shopping. Right, this is right. the hub for where it all happens. Right, and okay. so that's the that's the region. Williams Lake itself is about thirty thousand people. The city. Right? I don't know if you want to call it a city or a big town. <laughs> but mm-hmm. It's kind of a small city in that way, but that's just fifteen minutes radius, right? Outside of that, the number doubles, oh, because wow. what happens is that a lot of the people that live in this area they do logging, right? And they have machineries and stuff, and you can put you can't put that in a little right you know, residential block in town, right? You need your shop, you need a place to park the truck and the machines. So most people have that outside of town, right? Outside of the city limit. So that's why the number increases. And there's a lot of people that do hobby farming and stuff like that, right? And so the number increases in that way. And Williams Lake itself is surrounded by eight um, First Nations community. Wow. reservations right so it's yeah. surrounded by that and just recently you know there's a saint joseph residential school that's just right outside of williams lake right from my house in the in town uh, to that place it's less than 15 minutes wow right and, and so that that just kind of gives the lay of the land uh people here like there's logging is huge forestry is a big part ranching is big um ecotourism is becoming more and more mm-hmm. of that um mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's probably kind of the... And there's mining, right? There's mining. The industries that sustain the community, mining is huge in this now. You have copper okay. plus some gold mining, I think a secondary part. This used to be two big mines. One shut down and one is running now, but the other is war, uh kind of opening up soon, I heard. It. Okay. So that's roughly the lay of the area. I think demographically, um, uh, I think... I think it used to be a lot more people that are in you know fifties, maybe forties and fifties and above, just because of the kind of work. And the kids that grow up here, Eric, when they grow up, they finish school, they go, they move out of town. Mm. Right? They just go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like Rarely do kids come back. Yeah. But now there's a trend that's shifting now, where the cost of living, right, in the mm. in the major cities and areas like that is unaffordable. So you begin to see kids come back. Oh interesting. Right? They begin to come back and stay. Oh interesting. And also there's a there's a there's a interesting statistics like, you know, as you know, like it's hard for small communities to find doctors, right? Or find teachers or find professionals to come. But what happened is they would take the post in the initial stage I you know of coming out of schools to come to these communities because right. The communities, small communities, give them a broader experience, right? You don't specialize; you touch everything, right? So, but when they stay for a, they would stay for a while, then the kids grow up, and they won't. They want a lot more amenities, you know, and stuff like that to meet the needs, hmm. so they move out. Of time. Yeah, so that that's still a, a, a trend that's happening, but I think it's shifting now. People are staying a lot longer just okay. because it's unaffordable. Yeah. So, so that's roughly just some of the things that come to mind when I think about our community.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It is wonderful to get a, a sketch of the lay of the land and a little bit yeah. of information, too, about uh, the dynamics at play there. And that makes me think, what about yourself? Um, how did you come to connect with Caribou and uh, and um, Pastor there? yeah. Yeah
0: that's a long story <laughs> yeah
1: well we, we have time I mean yeah no it's a story themed podcast so we'd yes, love to hear your yes, story yes.
0: however yeah, much you I mind. I grew up I grew up in the South Pacific in Fiji um I yeah I grew up in a family that that mission was the very heart of it right my my grandfather worked with a I think he was an Australian British I think couple but they were based in Australia and they worked in Fiji you know this was a long time ago and so my grandfather did that my father did church planting in Fiji and I was when I was growing up I mean I was involved in that but um and he helped spurn other churches as well so it was kind of in me right and I, and I knew that this was God's call for me I just thought going into ministry in Fiji there's no money so I kind of was not interested. I just (laughs) do something else. So my background is in forestry, right? So I did forestry and, you know, and finally the talk just brought, you know, was stronger. So I left Fiji to come to study and uh, in Canada. And then I met my wife and she was of CRC background. Mm. And then um, we moved to Williams Lake, right? We moved to Williams Lake, Eric, uh, to finish my internship. Mm. And there there was a small First Nation church. What, around what year was that? That was about 95. Okay. Yeah, 95 and 96. So we so we, 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 I, I helped out with the church, which was supposed to be only for three months. But wow. when I finished, I wrote my papers and everything was done. And I just stayed with the church. I stayed with the church for two years, just helping them out. But I think what happened then, Eric, is that the, the mission organization that I came, came with had a very strict policy that they want the, the First Nations leaders to continue leading or raise them to lead. But when I came in, like part of native and you know, all the First Nations way of processing leadership, if I can say that, is that they defer, right? They, they they defer to people, right? To others, right? They would not come and just be upfront, you know, in bold kind of leadership that the Western world is used to, they, they defer. Mm-hmm. And so when I was there, I began to notice that they were deferring to me, right, which was kind of contradictory to the what the mission organization.
1: Yeah. And
0: so I, I talked with the elders then and I said, listen, I cannot do this, cannot keep doing this because it's contradicting the agreement that I made. And, you uh, know, so I stepped away. Mm-hmm. I stepped away from a First Nation for this First Nation mm-hmm. church. And, mm-hmm. and then I think not long after that, Eric, the, the church, close down this First Nation church. And then by that time, there was no CRC church in Williams Lake, so we were attending the Free Church. And and then I worked in forestry. I just worked in the bush. I logged. I was doing other stuff. But yet the call was really very strong in me, right? And I just thought, I remember one time, Eric, I was standing. I don't know what was happening. I was standing in front of our bay window, and I just said, Lord, right, you got to... you got to do something with what's birthing in me, right? There was this almost like birth bank, right? I want to mm-hmm. do something. I don't know what to do, Lord, right? You yeah. give me the training, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right? So I just prayed. And yeah, at the time, what happened, what not? What normally happens, Eric, like when we're logging here, you would live, say, sometimes three or four in the morning, Eric, and you drive two hours to the bush, right? That's before work. Then you work. Then yeah. you finish around four, depending, on five, depending on, on the light, right? If it's dark early, you leave. But, you know, you will be back home at seven, right? Then you repeat that again, day after day. So it was exhausting work. And yeah. and what happens, we would normally meet early in the morning on Saturdays for coffee, my buddies and I. Then we would go do our stuff, right? So when we were meeting during this time, you know, over coffee, we be- the conversation began to turn towards spiritual things, right? It, it, it happened so naturally. Eric, I couldn't even remember mm-hmm. right? what the conversation and finally the coffee shop was getting too busy. So we went to another place in town called Scout Island. It's a little Island and they have like a, yeah, like a rest area and picnic table. So in the morning we just buy coffee and we go there. Then the conversation begins to happen there. Right. I, I can't remember what we talked about. We talked about different things. I started praying for them, I think. And, uh, and most of these guys, I don't know, D church unchurch, I don't know or just believe in weird things <laughs> so, so that's how the conversation began Eric so you know so we, we begin to talk and then we start a Bible study and all of a sudden Eric the the neat thing about this right I I would not take any credit for it Eric the neat thing about it was that their lives begin to change mm. right? I don't know how that happened Eric I oh, could no. not explain to you when their lives begin to change the women, begin to notice, their wives. And they begin to ask the question, why are you guys having Bible study? Why aren't we part of this? All right? <laughs> and I'm going like, Most of the things that I did, Eric, in this church plant, I don't know. Yeah. But that's just, just a simple way. There was no book written or anything. I just, yeah. Yeah. And wow. so I said, okay, let's let's get the women together. I mean, you can't fight against the women, it's a lose lose the war, man. So anyway, so so we started with this group of people, and uh and the and the group, Eric, begins to grow. Right? I you have to understand when I all I was doing was trying to teach them the Bible, do the Bible study discussion, pray with people, you know, the idea of building community, you know, what we do today. That, that, that's that's never in my head, Eric. But those are the things that were happening, right? People were welcomed. People were loved. There was a relationship was getting deeper. We were supportive of one another, encouraging one another, teaching the Bible, growing in God. All of those things were just happening naturally. Like, you know, it's not like I have five points of what I need to do to lead a group. It was, it was nothing. Mm. Mm. It, it was just happening, right? And and then as, as it continued to grow, Eric, like, two guys begin to came came to me, two of my friends that were part of the group, and said to me, you should start a church. And I go like, excuse me, you should start a church. And I go, in my mind, I said, no, you don't know what church planting is. I know what it is. <laughs> I, said, I didn't say it to them. I just said, nope. I don't, in my heart, I said, no, this is not the way to go. And so, yeah, and I, I remember, Eric, um, there are two things that happened, Eric, that I, you know, is crucial. I, I don't talk often about it, right? When we were here, we lost uh, a son to stillbirth, right? And I remember, Eric, I was standing beside the grave within the funeral. And I just looked to the Lord and say, Lord, don't let his death amount to nothing. Yeah. Right? And at the same time, after that, Erica, my wife and I were talking and she was saying, Paul, I want to leave. I can't stay. And I said, I can't leave. Right? I have part of me buried here. I just can't live like that. Right. So we were having this conversation and I prayed that prayer. And so we we kept talking and we kept doing the study with the group and the community that we're building. Right. We're not with the idea of building church. We're just trying to connect people. Right. And I remember um, about a year after, right, a year after the son of ours passed. We were, we went away and I just took my wife and the kids and we just yeah, just to time out and kind of. And we were coming back and and the Lord just oh, not audibly in my heart he very strongly say, You gotta go down. At that time, there was a gentleman pastor in New Life, John Pudinga. He said, You gotta go see John. You gotta go talk to him. <laughs> so they we're driving, Eric, just imagine driving. And I look at my wife and I said, next week, we're going to see John. What? Why? I said, we need to go talk. right?" And because that was, so I went to John and John was with New Life CRC, Right. And uh, yeah, we went to John and I said, John, this is what's happening. So, so he asked me a lot of questions, right? How big is the group? What are you thinking? What's your calling? I can't remember. Right. There was just like a pre-interview I told him and, and that was the beginning of the relationship with the CRC, right Right there. That was the beginning. By that time, Eric, there was probably 30 people, 25 to 30 people in the group.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So that, that's roughly how Caribou Community Church came to existence. And at that time, Eric, the only CRC person was my wife.
1: <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, man. It strikes me as you're describing it uh these these morning coffees yeah and, uh that that was already the beginning of the church yes before yes. they said build a church you're already doing yeah. church not being yeah. paid not being ordained but you were yeah. pastoring yeah. your church which yeah. was
0: four yeah. friends yeah and not even knowing it that's the beauty yes, of yes without even
1: knowing it yeah without
0: even knowing it right and 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 that's the story I think of Caribou Community Church mm-hmm. Eric is just the favor of God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else. when. I, when I think about it now, at this age, right? I look back twenty some years, Eric, and I go like, "How did that happen?" Yeah. How did that happen? Because if yeah. you ask me, I can know the big layout of the things that the events that happened. I don't know details. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But God, but God was does.
0: Yes. I mean, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Wow. So you've been. Um journeying with this community for years now um, yeah. how have things evolved and changed over the years what have you seen in the in the time that you've been a pastor of caribou community church have you have yeah. things changed
0: yeah that's that's a, a very good question Eric great right? I think one thing that that one thing that has has changed I think is the way I think that that the church, is seeking to respond to the changing culture mm. right right eric like when we when we first started like the idea of we are the church for the unchurch yeah right and so we do everything for the people that have not heard the gospel mm. right you, you try and the structure of the service the language we use i mean all that like we try we don't often get it to be honest but that was the intention and that's what we do Right. But the culture now is changing because church is no longer the focus of people. They don't. Yeah. Church is not is irrelevant to them. Yes. So what do we do now? Right. So that's what that's just an example. We are the church for the unchurch who doesn't want to come to church. <laughs> right? And we can beat people's brow to that. Come on, invite people. They are not coming. Right. So that's that's just a way things have changed in in that regard. Right. And and I think and I think one of the things that for Keribo Community Church, like Eric, when when I got these guys to start, right, just just imagine, most of them don't know church structure, they don't know church lingo, right? They don't know what an elder is, they don't know what a deacon is. They they there's, there's totally no idea, Eric, right? And and so you, you you're working with people that have no concept, and yet at the same time, Eric, the challenge is. You, you, you like somebody a long time ago had a book called "Aqua Church," right? a church that's very unstable, is shifting all the time, and that's caribou Community church, mm. like you're trying to develop leaders in a context where it's very, yeah, unstable, right. And yet, the longing of people when they come, they want a church that's stable, that's structured, yeah. that, right? And 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 sometimes we envy the structure, and we lose sight. At least in my mind, personally, Eric that this is a cool place to be.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's rocking. Yeah. Not in a good way. But yeah. Sometimes wondering if everything's coming apart. And wrestling with that and praying through that and trying to mature people through that kind of the church. It's wow. very challenging, but I wouldn't trade it. Mm. So you see the culture moment. Sorry? I said it's made my hair white, but it's good.
1: <laughs> I love that. I really resonate with that as well. Just the held together by nothing except the spirit yes um no structures that are like super consistent but god is consistent and i I love that yeah um so and so you've mentioned that 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 seems to have shifted in in church culture recently like how uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. You you said uh, you know in the past you were the church for the unchurched, and now yeah. you're the church for the unchurched that don't even know about church or care yeah. about church. Yeah. What yeah. what's so, that shift look like?
0: So what, what happened? What happened? I think Eric, right? There's a tension, and you know this, right? When people come to know the Lord and they love the church, all they want to do is to be in the church, right? So you have that 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 tension of hey, yeah, that's nice that we are a community here, but we are also a community for those outside of the church, right? And so you you have the tension, then you had COVID on top of that, mm-hmm. right? Then you have the whole post-COVID, right? Things that have happened that has made the church just, right? and And so that has become for us very difficult. But, you know, and now, Eric, I think three years ago, my role shifted, right? I'm now pastor of community engagement, Mm. right? We're in a transition now. There's a transitional pastor. Now I'm in the community, yeah, right? And I'm really thankful for that, right? In some ways, what I'm trying to say, Eric, in some ways there's a tension that's happening in the church, but yet the leadership still see the value of our initial vision that we, uh, a church, sent. Yeah, right? we are a church that sent. Like when we, yeah. like I, I've I've said this before. Like for us, we often when when we do membership class, I would often show the a clip from the movie that the t- Titanic. Right. So when the ship was ship was sinking, you know there was only one lifeboat that went back. Yeah. Right. And so I often say to people, right, that's who we are, at community church. Mm. We are the church that goes back. Mm. Right. And 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 in that in that in that Eric is a funny thing, right. Because in in the movie you will see as they were going back, there was tussle with other people, right? What do we need to bring more people in? We'll drown.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Right? Oh, you guys move over here. So we create yes. no, we don't want to move. We want to go just leave them. right? that, that kind of thing. And that that to me is a picture of Caribou Community Church. Mm. And part of living in that. Like sometimes we'll get people who are coming off the streets or coming from uh, broken backgrounds and right and, and the church. Does not have a mothership, where yeah. you can say, okay, the hospital is there, right? So you treat them in the lifeboat. You nurture them in the lifeboat, right? And help, hopefully they get stronger to help us row. And even that, sometimes they don't want to know their gifts, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For so sure. so so that that's, that's that's where we are. So I'm thankful in that way, Eric. Just to answer your question, that um, that that the church thought about this idea right to to create a place for me, because that's my passion, Mm -hmm. right, to be in the community and doing community engagement stuff.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that role then, engaging with the community. I mean, you mentioned that there is, did you say, eight different First Nations uh, communities all surrounding in the the general area? What has that been like, your your relationship with uh, First Nations communities?
0: Yeah. The the church has really been blessed, Eric. Um, like for example, right. So when I started the story, I talked about this first small First Nation church, right, that I came. Like those those families have stayed with us. Mm, good, right. And and that Eric is so huge. Yeah. Like they would see me as one of them, as the family. Right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. So in that way, that that's that's one family. Um, yeah, so they have stayed with us all through this, through thick and thin. They, they've just been a wonderful, wonderful. Um, and also like now with my new role, um, once a month on Sunday, I would drive out about an hour, 15 minutes, uh, out west. And there's a small log church there. And this small log church has two reservations close by and the ranchers and the people from the res come. Right. So that's where I go once a month. Right. And I'm I'm going there to preach once a month. Mm. So that is a preaching post for Caribou Community Church. Right. So in my role, in my role, Eric, as a pastor of community engagement, one of the things that I that I'm trying to do is to create pathways for the church. Mm. Right. So when I go there right now, this Sunday, I'm taking two families with me. Right. We'll drive out. Halfway, we'll have a picnic. The church starts in the afternoon. Then we'll go into the community and we'll worship with the people, preach. And we do network with them, Mm. right? So so I've known these families because before when I was working in the forestry doing logging, I'd worked there and I know some of the First Nations people. And so now we're just reconnecting with that, right? So just an example, Eric, like this last year, I did at least visit. No, I did two funerals. Right out there, right in the community. Right, that, that yeah. is huge. And yeah, in the, in the hospital, I was with, there with the family. Wow, right. And uh, and now when I come in, I mean, yeah, so so that's just an example. Yeah, and um, you know, it just just to tell you a really neat story, Eric. This was just mm-hmm. Christmas, eh? just before Christmas. This First Nation friend of mine, uh, attending our Bible study here at home, came to me and said, uh, Paul, I have a guy. That wants to be baptized, and I'm going like, who asked to be baptized? Like
1: this? Yeah, <laughs> so right.
0: Yeah. I thought maybe the guy is high or something, <laughs> and I said, okay, I didn't, I didn't answer. But later on, she came again, and said this guy wants to be baptized. Paul. So I said to her, okay, tell tell him to meet me at the library at one in the afternoon, on Wednesday. I can't remember. So Wednesday, this First Nation guy walks in, on time, Eric. So we met. <laughs> So I see, He said, I'm Dustin. I said, I'm Paul. I said, you want to be baptized? He said, yeah, I want to be baptized. So I begin to dialogue with him, uh, Eric, right? I will, Now I'm trying to check out his journey, right? You know the deal. <laughs> and You know what he told me, Eric? He said, Paul, for three years I've lived in this community. I don't know any church. Wow. Right? He said that to me. And he wow. said, the Lord has been telling me to be baptized. <laughs> so I go, I, so I said, okay, okay. So we went through the stuff where he no, knows the Lord, what he believes, and stuff like that. And every, so I, we met that Wednesday, and I said, next Wednesday, same time here. When I walked in, he was there already. Right. So I was trying to test whether he's really serious, but he was serious.
1: Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. So he said, uh, okay, Paul, we're never we going to do this. I said, we'll do it on Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Right? <laughs> Christmas Day, we had a baptism, and, wow. the neat thing, and the neat thing, Eric, I didn't tell you this. Like Christmas, we had a Christmas Eve service, and I was greeting. I was just in the background. The guy that was transitional pastoring did the service on Christmas Eve, and this another guy came to me and said, "Paul, uh, I have not talked to you, but I want to do it." I said, "Do what? I want to get baptized." I said, "It's tomorrow, man. We have not, Yep, yeah, I wanna, I wanna do it tomorrow. So on Sunday, Christmas was great, man. People got baptized. And one guy just came in, And but I just asked him one question. You know what this means? Do you believe that Jesus died for you, for your sins, and rose again? I, whatever else, I can't remember what I said. He said, with all my heart, he said, wow. with all my heart. I said, you're on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's incredible. It, yeah, Eric, like, Eric, that's what I'm saying. Eh? Yes. That, that's what I'm saying. Like the things that that happens that you just never because mm-hmm. you know like in today's time like you like when because there was a kind of a conversation in church in our church at least should we have Sunday service or we just have Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. And I thought Sunday is worship. Yeah. I'm going traditional now. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll have it, and that this came along. Right. And the funny thing, and the funny thing I said to Dustin, the First Nation gentleman that I baptized, I said, Dustin, you got to know, right? Most people may not come, man. It might be just a few people. He said to me, no, Paul, no, no, there will be lots of people there. I said, oh, man, you don't know church. I know church. But he bat, right? When Sunday came, there were lots of people there, almost wow. more people than the people that came on Christmas Eve. Wow. Right. And he, and he, invited his mother and invited his sisters. And he said okay. to me, Paul, I don't even know whether they will come because they mocked me. They made fun mm-hmm. of me. But they all came. Wow.
1: Right?
0: So so that that's kind of like, I, I think, Eric, what, what I'm trying to say, right? When we, at least from my perspective, the the network with First Nation is really about relationship. Yeah. Right, relationship and trust, and and just walking with them, and and it's 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 rough, Eric. Right, because I've been here long. Like I'll tell you another story. Right, I got a like because of the role that I played. I normally walk the street in town with with some of the agencies. Right, we do walk, check on the homeless people, see how they're doing. So one day I was I was at home, and I normally walk with them on Thursdays. But this call came and said, Paul, can we go visit? Uh, somebody's asking for a priest, right? So I said, yeah, let's go. We meet. So I met with this guy and another nurse, street nurse, and this social worker, a street, yeah, street worker. Then we went. He said, Paul, we're going to a house that's a gang house, right? There's drugs, there's stuff. I just want to let you know. I said, okay. Yeah. Let's go. So we went, Eric. Eh? When we went in, when I went in, Eric, there was this uh, lady sitting there, just gloomy, couldn't the, the, the curtains were closed and dark, so I said, can we open He said, no, please just leave it. right? And she told me to begin to tell me that tell me the story, Eric of. just I think some of the stuff that's happening. she would say I said I've been here and I saw that chair just moved. said I was sleeping here last night. And all of a sudden, I found myself called up by the bathroom door, right? So this was in this gang place, Eric. And so this guy had brought me in, right, because she needs uh, some spiritual direction or whatever. And I'm the priest kind of thing. Yes. Right, Eric? So I was there, and I'm praying, like, Lord, what do I say? And I look over Eric, and she was wearing a cross, eh? So I said to her, can you take off that? you know, a necklace and give it to me. So she took it out and I said, do you know what this means? She said, no. Right? And Eric, the spirit of God just, I mean, it fell on me. Eric. <laughs> and I begin to unpack the meaning of the cross, yeah. right? The power of the cross. Yeah. The hope that comes through the cross, right? The, the deliverance of what God can do and what Christ has done. And, and give a hope that you can call. When you see this cross hanging on earth, you can call. Call on him, right. Like we like the guys, the guys that were with me, Eric, they were just going like, Paul, wow, that's awesome. What right? they were so excited, right? And 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 that's part of the community engagement, Eric. Right? It, it just like it was incredible there. Oh
1: man. It is amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. both these stories make me think of this Bible verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Yes. I think yes. a lot of times in church ministry, especially in um, maybe down more in the Fraser Valley here, or whatever, yeah. where we see a lot of post-Christian uh, yeah. people who were raised Christian. and I don't know. It can be so easy to think, you know, I, I hear a lot because I work with youth. So I hear people a lot ask me, how are we going to keep our young people? You know, yeah. and yeah. um, lots of anxiety around that. But anyway, these stories remind me, like here's a guy who for three years has been waiting for yeah. a priest or a pastor to come. Yeah. So yeah. he could be baptized. The Spirit yeah. is working in his heart. Yeah. But it, there's so much out there. There's so yeah. many people in need, uh, like your second story, deep, intense needs, and uh, yeah. we just need ears to hear and eyes to yeah. see and uh, yeah. the call of God to just go. Yeah.
0: That's very encouraging. And, very and I, very cool. Uh, yeah, and and I think Eric, right? One of the things that, at least for me in my learning, right, the. The importance of developing and nurturing a vibrant spiritual life is so essential, mm. right? That, that like when I'm telling these stories, Eric, like I cannot, I cannot undermine, nor minimize, nor trivialize the 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 importance, right, of nurturing your soul. At least for me, Eric, I, I long for that. There's no gap, right? With my soul and the Holy Spirit. Wow! Right, I, <laughs> it's not a spiritual thing, Eric. Like, I, I feel, it may feel like I'm a super spiritual guy. You know, I, I'm just saying that's my longing, Eric.
1: I love Eric. that. I love I, that. That's
0: that's what I long for, Eric. And and when you long for something like that, right, you invest in it, Eric. Right. I I know, Eric. When I'm when I when I'm in that posture, right, feeling fed and touched by the Holy Spirit, I can walk up to anybody, Eric. Yeah. I can walk up to anybody. And and that is not a prideful thing. It's just, Mm -hmm. for me, I feel even my smile, even my words, it's not me. Yeah. Right? It's coming from a different place that warms people to me. Right? I become winsome. Yeah, it does not always happen because sometimes I feel <laughs> crappy. <laughs> totally, coffee is not good, Eric. I yes, feel crappy. Anyway, but going back to that, Eric. Right. So, so for me, that 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 like the, all the things that I'm saying to you, personally, for me, that's the source, Eric. Oh and yes, you know it, Eric. Right. We all. I do.
1: love it. I it reminds me also of Paul, time and time again, saying it's not I who live, but Christ who lives yeah. in. Me, right.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah just incredible. Yeah. And, and for me, that's the image, Eric, I carry in my head eh? mm. and in my heart that I don't want a gap between the Holy Spirit and me. Yeah. Light. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is incredible. It sounds like a, a work that's full of life-giving experiences. I presume also quite a few challenges. Uh, yeah. Huge,
0: huge. Yeah. What are huge. some of your
1: challenges right now?
0: I, I think one of one of the challenges Eric is, right, just just in terms of the the, the community engagement stuff, right. I, I've been struggling. I have a team, right. I'm trying to. I'm not a good team builder, but um, yeah, having cohesion, but also cohesion in the team, but also just in the busyness of people, right, and and trying to work with that. Right, to create, right, and and move people. And I also realized that um, I'm so passionate about the mission of God that sometimes I'm impatient about bringing people along. So, so one of the things that we did, Eric, is like we have, um, we do good food boxes, right? These vegetable things that we deliver to people. And because of the network in the community, I know where people are at that I need, and we would drop it off. So, what happens now, Eric, I would like, we would have about two, three, five, maybe eight sometimes people that come, but these families, like there's a family that's come, comes and helps with this. And so when they come, Eric, I begin to talk to them about this, this caring for others, right? The idea that when you give this good food box to somebody, right, it's not because we are better than them, right? We mm-hmm. are here to serve them and lift mm-hmm. them up. And when I do that, Eric, there are kids that come with these families, right? And they're listening to this, right? They're listening. They have been taught, right, about the mission of God. And yeah. and, and, and the, one of the challenges, Eric, is just the lack of consistency sometimes with people because of their schedule. And you cannot really force them on that one, right? Yeah. And and also just that's the idea, like I've been also trying to raise leaders so that I can hand over to. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big part of it. I mean, I have a few people, but, you know, from what I've learned, it takes time. Mm. I don't want to wait, Eric. I want it to be done already. <laughs> then I can just say, hey, here, take it. Right? Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. But yeah, no. God is good. God is
1: yeah. Good. Oh, those are some good, significant challenges. Yeah. Um, I have sort of a, a two-part question. Uh, this time just flew by. I've loved chatting with you so much. And it leads me kind of to some of my final questions. The first part is how can... Christian Reformed churches, people listening to this podcast, and the podcast is for everyone too. People yeah. not in the Christian Reformed Church, people from other churches, other but walks of life, yeah. um, but but particularly, it's uh, we we push this out in Christian Reformed circles. How can people listening to this podcast support and help you with that mission? Uh, that's mm-hmm. the first half of the question, and the second half I'll ask again in a minute. But it'll be about uh, what you'd like to what you would like to leave the crc with a word of wisdom you'd like to give them so but first first what what how can we help
0: yeah here we go you know the the one of the things right because we are not very much like um the crc like for most of our people the crc is still kind of foreign right the yeah. the denomination is foreign right but i think one thing that i just want to encourage the the denomination and the people listening to that sometimes we don't know what we got, right? The blessing of what we got, right? The CRC has been a huge, huge blessing to Caribou Community Church. It's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. I I just, you know, I just couldn't even, like, for example, Eric, right? We had an issue here that has to deal with Safe Church, right? At the beginning or end of January? End of January. Huge issue, right? We call. We call Safe Church, right? They flew up, right? Flew up here. We had the meeting. We had meetings after, right? That is the CRC. Yeah. Right? And now people are going like, wow, right? Who pays for that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did they get here, right? And they said, well, when we give, this is what happened. Wow. Right? So what I'm saying, I just want to encourage the CRC, right? The CRC Mm -hmm. is a blessing. Mm-hmm. A huge blessing, right? And you don't know, like, I, I just want to say, you don't know what you got. Like, when we first uh-huh. started, Eric, like, I was working in the bush, and, you know, the guys that work with me would know this, right? And earlier on, right? And, and and the guys that were doing church planting at that time came up and said, Paul, you need to pull out of the bush. And I said, what do you mean pull out of the bush? Right? If, you, if I pull out of the bush, it's going to feed my family, you know? And then they said, well, we have this fund here, right? That was the beginning, Eric. You have this fund here to will help you. Go nurture the people. They need you. You don't need to be in the booth, right? And, right. and that, that was big. It's a big, momentous step for us. And over these years, like, I, I was mentored in the CRC with the guys doing church planting, right? They were here. They came and they helped. They, I mean, facilitate everything. So I think in that way, you know, it's not so much what the, the churches can do for us, but I think just to take time to appreciate the gifts that as God has given to the denomination,
1: wow. Right.
0: Wow. You, you have to appreciate, it. because I I don't think so, Eric. If I if the CRC didn't support me, I don't know if CR uh, if Caribou Community Church could have lasted this long. Yeah, But that's honest truth.
1: Wow, that that's an amazing answer to both questions, actually. Um, yeah, to to realize how much we have in the Christian world. Yeah. I'm guilty of that as well. I mean, we have wisdom sometimes I read old like yeah. synodical uh, yeah. Yeah. reports from 19 like you know the 70s and stuff yeah. and like I was just reading the one on um the nature and extent of biblical authority from the yeah. 70s yeah I was like this is such a spirit filled and Absolutely. beautiful yeah. encouraging wise document like yeah. you're right we don't we do not we yeah. we do not uh know how much yeah. we we have in yeah. this
0: denomination and, and, and I think I right? the the trap is this right when we don't know what we have and the blessing god has given us we begin to compare ourselves mm. right and when you compare yourselves you begin to do a self condemnation yeah right we are not like those guys we are not i, I just want to say that eric i mean oh, very right. humble right i'm I, i'm not fit to speak to the denomination or to other churches right i just want to say that wow. right and, and, and the second thing eric i just want to say Right. To me, CRC is just a name. Mm -hmm. CRC to me are the people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, so I think for the CRC to put a face, it's about relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. My people know CRC by the people that we have built relationship with, who have invested in our church. That to them is CRC. Yeah. Right. It's relationship. It's people. I know that the organization and all that is so vital and important, but to the lay people, to the people on the ground, it's the people, it's the relationship because they, the people communicate value, right? They communicate respect. They communicate truth. This is, it's tangible. Otherwise it's just an organization, but in person, like, you know, I, you know, I want to acknowledge, right. Martin Content and, you know, Andrew, van der lake you know and my friend who passed away Henry DeVries right mm. and many others Wilma right these are these, to me CRC is them yeah it's you John <laughs> yes and relationship in that way as you know depth and immeasurable value
1: oh man that's that is so beautiful and a great reminder for me that's a that's like a word from the Lord for me to to I, I struggle with that, not just in the CRC, but just in my personality in general. If you don't realize the gifts God has given you, yeah. then you compare and then yeah. you continue yourself. And I think that is yeah. that's a really good word. So and that's a good word for us in the CRC, too. I see that all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Not knowing what we have. Yeah. And uh, comparing. And uh, yeah, so that's a beautiful word. Thank you, Paul. Any, um, any parting thoughts for uh, our listeners before I I let you go?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, what. just just ask uh, Eric, you know, to pray for Caribou yes. Community Church. Yes. We are in a time of transition, and it's been a challenge for us to find a pastor, right? To come and pastor a weird church. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it requires wisdom and requires the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And yes. if so, we would spend some time just to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and strength as we continue to find our way through this model. I love that. And also grant us favor. To yes. The Lord, the Lord may give us more souls for his kingdom.
1: Yes. I will pray for both of those things. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, it sounds like he's done a, an amazing work at Caribou um, yeah. thus far. So I don't yeah. imagine he is interested in stopping anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So Thank I you. I will definitely continue to pray for that. Yeah. and. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we can continue to chat a little bit uh, well, once we hit stop on the recording. But yeah. thank you, thank you, Paul, so much for being on this uh, on this podcast. Yes, and yes. I wish you all God's best.
0: Thank you, Eric. Blessings.
1: On the show today, you heard Paul Lomavatu, pastor at Caribou Community Church in northern BC. It was a wonderful conversation with Paul, and it deeply enriched me and my faith, and I pray that it did the same for you. For all your other One Life needs, including events, links, and information, you can find them at crconelife.ca. And if you have any feedback at all or want to get in touch or if you know someone who would be a great guest for a future One Life podcast episode, please email me at podcast at crc1life.ca. Thanks for listening.